Matthew begins his gospel. He launches his good news proclamation about the birth of Jesus, the incarnation of God, the hinge of history with a genealogy. Talk about a lead balloon. Three sets of 14 names, 42 lives that meander their way to the one life that changes all of life, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. And just for the record, that's where we're going to spend our time today, the Messiah. The word means anointed, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. If you're wondering to yourself, hey, wait a minute, didn't he do this last week? Are you double dipping, Pastor? Are you pulling off the file? Well, yeah, I am. And yes, we are. My way of saying the, the, the scriptures are inexhaustible in their depths. You can't buy the scuba gear to get to the bottom of this oceanic world. An account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. And Isaac was the father of Jacob. And Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Aram. Aram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon the father of Salman. Salman was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asaph. Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram. Joram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ugh. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Amos. Amos, the father of Josiah, Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Salathiel. Salathiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud. Abiud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Atzor. Atzor, the father of Zadok. Zadok, the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Eliud, Eliud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Mathan, Mathan, the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who's called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's a, it's a little bit like Dutch bingo. You know Salafiel. You remember Zerubbabel? Yeah, their boy, the Messiah kid. Three sets of 14 names, 42 lives that lead us to the one life that changes all of life, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. 
every Advent, I have practiced this now for four or five Advents, I listen to Handel's Messiah on vinyl. I put the needle to the record, and if I'm able to get over the mountainous hurdle of my own introversion, I even invite a few people to join me, a little charcuterie, some dudes, and Handel's Messiah. You want to come? Uh, it's really long. Handel's Messiah is exceedingly long, and there's a few parts I actually really like. Uh, here's one of them. That's Handel's way of singing what Matthew is saying, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. Messiah, it's not really a, a, a category we, we operate in. It's not really a circle we run in. We think of it kind of like a synonym, you know, sort of like king. It's like Lord or, or, or Savior. And, 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 and while Messiah is all of those things, it's not just any one of those things. King because he can, Lord because he will, Savior because we need, Messiah because he wants to make everything new and to make everything right, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. And in case you think I'm making too much of this, Matthew goes on to repeat himself. Mathan, the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who's called the Messiah. And whenever the Bible repeats itself, pay attention. And then Matthew goes off the rails, starts getting all amped up like me singing Handel's Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah. 14 generations. Messiah announcing how beautiful the world could be. Messiah, all we'd hoped might happen. Messiah, the one who by his life and death and resurrection promises to make everything new and everything right and account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. There's an ache in our lives because there's an ache in our world. Call it a longing if you'd like. N.T. Wright refers to it as the echo of a voice. Things aren't right. Things aren't the way they're supposed to be. There's something amiss. Something's wrong. It's, is this it? Is this all? This life? This stuff? It's just... Matthew says, trust your ache. Matthew says, listen to your longing, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. And smack, there are three sets of 14 names, 42 lives, and smack dab in the middle. 21 of the 42 is a guy named Uzziah. 
Matthew wants us to notice Uzziah for a bunch of reasons I'm not exactly going to get into right now. So grab a Bible, find the genealogy, Matthew 1, 1 through 17, and look at Uzziah. If you don't know where he is, count to 21 and you'll find him. Smack dab in the middle. Right in the middle is Uzziah. You ever felt stuck in the middle? 21 generations before him, 21 we know would follow him, but he didn't know. He's just stuck in the middle. It would take as much energy to go back as it, is, as it would to get where you don't know where you're going. You're just stuck in the middle. I wonder if Uzziah ever prayed David's prayer, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? You ever felt forgotten? Your life, your story, your circumstance, your pain, your hurt, forgotten. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever stuck? Stuck in the middle. Uh, how, about, how about this? You're single. You want a friend. You want a companion. Someone to do life with, but you're out of college and you're sick of the apps and Wednesday night Stein night just doesn't seem like the thing. You're just stuck. Stuck in the middle. I'm just making stuff up. I'm not thinking of anybody in particular. Or, or, you're, or you're married. Your marriage has now moved into the decades, and the white hot flame of early marriage life has given way to soup, suppers, and Netflix. Not that kind, by the way. The kids are out of the house. And another marriage conference that just, uh, I mean, how many more are we going to do? You're stuck. Stuck in the middle. Or you're a teenager. Teenager, and they keep talking about this pandemic of anxiety, and you're, you're kind of sick and tired of them talking about it, except you know all about it. If you knew Simon and Garfunkel, you'd sing their song too, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. And everybody keeps talking about anxiety, but nobody's suggesting, and you're wondering, will it ever get better? Stuck. Stuck in the middle. Uzziah is stuck smack dab in the middle. What I find interesting about Uzziah alongside of his life is another life, an Isaiah life. Isaiah comes alongside Uzziah and starts pointing, starts talking, look, the virgin shall conceive, that's Isaiah 7. Isaiah's, an, an Isaiahic voice starts shouting, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Isaiah starts to promise those who've walked in darkness have seen a great light alongside an Uzziah life. It is Isaiah voice. Look, Messiah, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah stuck in the middle. Look. This past Sunday had the great joy of joining, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 Pillarites to go Christmas caroling. We met that pillar, Sunday afternoon about 4 o'clock, and we all broke into like four or five, I don't know, different groups to travel Holland and sing. Next to singing Handel's Messiah, there's few things I like more than standing outside in the cold singing away in a manger. I was with Mike and Amy and Mia Baraducci, Jeff and Tanya Book, and four or five of my clan of six. Uh, first, we went over to Eric and Lisa Lundy's house with Etta and Millie and Bo, uh, I don't know, maybe they were 35, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Eric's mom died of cancer just a few weeks ago. And just before she died, Lisa's dad was diagnosed with the same. And we thought maybe a little Hark the Herald would 
say, we see you, we love you. That was our first stop. Our third and last stop was uh, Don and Jerry Braidaway, long time members of the Pillar community. We shuffled into their living room. We sang, oh, little town of Bethlehem or something like that. And they said, we've never heard anything more beautiful. They lied right to our faces. And then right in the middle, which seems kind of ironic to me now, right in the middle, we went to Bruce and Linda Adair's. I mentioned Bruce last week, diagnosed with multiple myeloma, has no idea how long he has to live. We drove up to the house, there was a sign on their door, wear masks please, so of course. We shuffled past their kitchen into their living room, there was a hospital bed set right next to the dining room table, a puppy poodle barking in the middle of the living room. And we sang, we sang, Angels we've heard on high, maybe, away in a manger, probably. We asked Bruce, would you like us to sing anything else? Bruce said, I don't think I'll ever forget this. He said, anything about Jesus. And I'm I'm not sure who started, but I know who led us. My six-year-old daughter, Ava, led us. Jesus loves me, this I know. Stuck, stuck in the middle between a diagnosis and a prognosis, anything about Jesus, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. Smack dab in the middle is this guy named Uzziah. Uzziah, 800 years before Jesus. Uzziah, he was a king. He was a good guy. He tried hard. He started well, at least. Uh, Uzziah, he was 16 years old when he became king. They don't grow them like they used to, I'm pretty sure. I have a 16-year-old. Uh, and even though he was young, despite his youth, the, the kingdom prospered, abundance and wealth. He was creative. He was an entrepreneur. He fortified the temple. He built up the army, all kinds of thorough and frequent military victories. Things were going so good. All hail Uzziah. And Uzziah started to read his own headlines. Uzziah grew complacent in his prosperity, not that any of that would ever happen to us, and Uzziah started overreaching, like his dad before him, David, like, like Eve and Adam too, they took of its fruit, overreaching, like, like, like the, the Babel community, remember they built a tower, they tried to build a tower to heaven, overreaching, like the Pharisees and their religious fastidiousness, overreaching. He was overreaching. He tried to use his political power to usurp religious power too. And the priest didn't like it and God wasn't having it, so he struck Uzziah with leprosy. He was removed from his seat on the throne and banished to a desolate village where he died all alone. And it wasn't only his own personal life that began to crumble. With his crumbling, the whole kingdom started to crumble. Uzziah gave way to Jotham, and Jotham gave way to Ahaz. And Ahaz ultimately ended up with Jeconiah and the deportation to Babylon. The world was crumbling. The world was despairing. And alongside the rubble of Uzziah's life, the crumble of the kingdom, a voice, an Isaiahic voice. Surely he's borne our infirmities. He 
carries our iniquities. Isaiah starts, amidst the rubble, Isaiah starts talking, all we like sheep have gone astray, each to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah, amidst the rubble of the world, Isaiah starts painting a more beautiful picture. The, the, the wolf shall lie down with the lamb, the leopard shall live with the kid, the ox and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them amidst the rubble and Isaianic voice. Look, look, something so much more beautiful, how beautiful the world could be. And amidst the rubble, we're meant to be an Isaianic voice. Look, look. Amidst the Uzziah living and Isaianic people, look. Look how beautiful the world could be. So here at Pillar during the season of Advent, we've invited a bunch of the creatives to create art. Uh, Elizabeth Van Dusseldorp made a painting moves us down the path towards the light. Jan Probst has hanged some of her beautiful art in the pillar gathering space. Beth Abdo also painted a picture. Beth Abdo, she moved here from Arkansas. I don't know, maybe she's 24 years old. She moved here from Arkansas. Guess where she went to college? John Brown University. She moved here late August, I think, to serve as a nurse in Holland's Hospital's emergency department. And I mean, if you're worried about, like, the next generation of Christians, let me assure you there's the Beth Abdos of the world. First Sunday in town, she came to church, and we fell in love with her, and now she can't leave. She's serving in our middle school youth group. She's a part of a city group. She's painting paintings for Advent. So she painted a painting based on the theme of our Advent gatherings, How Beautiful the World Could Be, which we're borrowing from a book titled How Beautiful the World Could Be, in which a story is told of a man named Viktor Frankl, an Austrian psychiatrist, 20th century, who was also a Nazi death camp survivor. Now here's Beth's painting. Keep it in mind and listen to Frankl's story. One evening when we were already resting on the floor of our hut in the Nazi death camp, dead tired, soup bowls in hand, a fellow prisoner rushed in and asked us to run out to the assembly grounds and see the wonderful sunset. Standing outside, we saw sinister clouds glowing in the west and the whole sky alive with clouds of ever-changing shapes and colors, from steel blue to blood red. The desolate gray mud huts provided a sharp contrast while the puddles on the muddy ground reflected the glowing sky. Then, after minutes of moving silence, one prisoner said to another, how beautiful the world could be. How beautiful the world could be amidst an Uzziah life, the rubble and the crumble of the world, an Isaiah voice, an Isaiah people. Look, look, an account of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look, amidst the rubble, look, amidst the crumble, whatever it is you know, whatever it is you see, look. If you believe Jesus is Lord and acknowledge him as Savior, you're welcome. In this virtual way, maybe you've got some bread and wine, maybe some crackers and juice. If you're not at that place in life or faith, if you're not so sure,
This isn't meant to be awkward or uncomfortable. I'd invite you to take a little time. What is it that you're after? What is it that your heart longs for? For those who are prepared, come for everything's ready.